every life has a story. And every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. I met Chris uh, as he was interviewing uh, on his podcast, uh, Jody Hampton. Jody is a mutual friend. She's in our church and I've interviewed her right here at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. But I've also met Chris who also interviewed her and tonight we're interviewing a podcast. Uh, it's usually, you know, he's in my seat usually, but tonight he's in the hot seat. Chris, uh, boys, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you. Oh, it's a, it's a when did you start broadcasting? Oh, um, going into January 2020. Okay. Um, right before the pandemic actually, COVID started to hit. And uh, it just, it just kind of started through really months and 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 like a scale back before that, we were at home church for a while as well, yep. and we had a home fellowship that also met with others online too. So that was really interesting. So it kind of grew from something really small, but to to what came in, which is sort of scale back recently. So. Uh, any famous people you've interviewed, or everybody's famous? Oh no, not not quite had the privilege of doing that, but I've interviewed some amazing ministers in America, which I've really enjoyed doing. Yep. Um, I've really yeah been amazed by the connections that God's brought about. Um, just through being able to interview people and get to know them. So yeah, interviewed some amazing people in Florida. Interviewed one guy who runs a worldwide Bible college and ministry. So we're still good friends today. Um, also, his, yeah, his partner. Um, that's been really good. Interviewed some amazing pastors from Chicago, Illinois, and uh, he's actually invited me to come to America, which was a fulfillment of a, a prophecy that God was going to bring me over to America one day. So they, that's all just pending at the moment because they've got some stuff they're dealing with. But yeah, it's, it's been an amazing journey. And you've also interviewed some different people. Um, well, the, the lady that actually started this with us is an Indigenous person. Her name is Elsie Van Herk, and she's married to Andrew Van Herk, not Indigenous. But we started this together in, uh, on the 26th of July, 2020. Um, we we formalised that we registered and we became a board together. Yeah. Um, so I started this with Andrew and Elsie. Um, so what is it called? It's called Authentic Voices. Authentic Voices. Yeah. And the reason it's called that is because um, I really believe that each of us have got a voice. Yes. And that comes from knowing exactly who you are in Christ and embracing <laughs> that identity. And I really believe you can't really know who you are until you know Jesus. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Are you a Western Australian boy? Were you born here? I was born in um, Sydney and was raised in Kanaan. Okay. Um, spent 15, first 15 years of my life in Kunana. So back then Kunana was detached from Perth. It was a southern suburb, but there was a lot of void in between. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was a pretty rough area when I was growing up. Um, luckily for me, my older brothers were, were pretty well known. Um, they look very clear. Oh, yeah, I just had to mention the name of what boys were Steve Poisman's wife. Yeah, I've got How many brothers are you? Three brothers. All of them. All of them. Rod's 10 years old and Steve's nine or six. So my mum had to pretty much raise us on her own because my father was in the merchant navy and he used to go away for four, five or six weeks at a time. Okay. So he was at Dutton Island? No, he wasn't in the navy, so he was on my oil tankers. Oh, and, uh, 
that kind of thing. So like fly in, fly out then. Pretty much it was then, yeah, very much so. We used to sometimes we drive up to Geraldton just to see see that. Um, just you know, that was how it was. But yeah, growing up was was pretty tough because my father was an alcoholic. And oh. so when we when he'd come home, it wasn't a happy place. So unfortunately we, we were the opposite of most children. We weren't happy when Dad came home. <laughs> we were more happy when he left. Yes. Yeah, it was a bit more of a peaceful home. But the Lord really dealt me with that relationship um, when I was 20, not long after I graduated from Team Challenge, and, and that came about through something pretty amazing. And so your dad wasn't a believer? <laughs> no. You are? No. No. My mum never asked the Lord, she was nine years old, but I, I wasn't raised in a Christian household. I didn't even know what a Bible was um, when I was growing up. Um, so when did you go off the rails? Oh, pretty early, from about the age of 12. Um, that's when my... Do you know what triggered it? I brought up in our home with a lot of uh, arguing and fighting and stress and hassle and also growing up in Kwanana, which was, yeah, a lot of drugs. So what was the escape? Was it alcohol first or was well, it drugs? Initially it was, it was, um, it was marijuana. I, I, I didn't like seeing what it did to my brothers and watch them get up with hangovers every day. So I just figured I'll just, I'll just make marijuana. So I kind of did that for most of my teenage years. And, and you, you started at, at about 12, yeah. yeah. I grew up with all the brothers and they were doing it around me. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, well, I want to do it because I looked up to my brothers. Yeah. And you kind of, you know, when they're that much older, then you kind of look up to them. And uh, they've been sober and clean for 20, 30 years now, but growing up, it was all around me. And they provided I pretty much nagged more than two at the time. Um, he regrets it now, obviously, but at the time, you know, um, I wanted to try. And then, yeah, pretty much just went down that road from the very early teenage years. Um, yeah. uh, fights, uh, street issues? Going on around me. Going on around me a lot. There were actually gangs in Granada when I was growing up. I'd be able to boys, just the boys, that sort of thing. My brothers were sort of part of those kind of Gangs, yeah, so nothing like New York or anything, but yeah, no arms, but more fires and yeah, more exactly. yeah, yeah. childish stuff. I never had to worry about it because I had a lot of brothers and lots of family and interviews, so kind of when I grew up, but it was a pretty rough area. Did you finish school? No, no, actually, I didn't. Year 10? Yeah, I got to, nearly got through to year 10, but I didn't finish high school. I went obviously later on in my life, I, I retained qualifications, but no, I didn't finish year 10. So, what did you do? Did you go for work or you just um. Well, in the later years of my adolescence, because my mother and father divorced at 15, it was a pretty painful time for me, pretty hard time. I didn't cope very well. So drugs was very much my escape in a lot of ways. But the big turning point for me was when I was 17, I got involved with a Christian girl and um, she backslid. And we got involved, we lived together for a couple of years, but her church told me they were praying for me. And I didn't know what that meant back then, obviously, yeah, whatever. but yeah, when the praying church starts praying for you, God's gonna get you. And he did, he got me when I was 19 and uh, she left me for my best friend. Well, and it was pretty painful. And then I started going back into, I went to AA for a while, I went to Alcoholics Anonymous for a while, um, but nothing was really working. Were you working? Were you holding a job? Oh, not really, not really a whole job back then. But when I, my sponsor, who was a born again spiritual Christian, going to AW Church, he just didn't know what to do. He, he prayed one day, he said, I don't know what to do, I'll really want to help this kid, what do I do? And the Lord just said, well, you can't help him, but I can. And so he then looked into it and he found out about, through the crossing switchblade story, he found out about Team Challenge and he said, I'm going to 
look into this, would you be willing to go? He rang up Malcolm Smith. And I still remember walking into Malcolm's office, sat down with him, had a chat to him, and yeah, there was just something special about the guy. And I just, yeah, so I went to Team Challenge. Um, pretty much within about a month or two, I was born in Spiritfield, speaking in tongues. Um, but that, that whole thing pretty much came about through people praying for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a pretty powerful encounter at 19. I literally had heard a, a, a voice. I didn't know it was God back then. Yeah. I was in a new age then. I was in a cult. I was in drugs. I was taking a lot of LSD and all sorts of stuff. But I was searching. I wanted to know why I was here. I wanted to know why am I here? And who am I? Who am I? Yeah. And I think that's pretty much what most 19 year olds are struggling with. But when I heard a voice say to know yourself, just to know God, my friend, I got pretty freaked out, pretty scared because it was audible, it was clearly yeah. audible. I looked around the room and I looked everywhere and I couldn't find anyone after 15 minutes. I gave up, sat down, looked at my ball of marijuana, went to get this stuff up. But three months later, I ended up at a, a drug and alcohol rehab. First marriage, which was a disaster. So you came out of Teen Challenge, Teen? Absolutely. Did you get a job? Did you... Yeah, I ended up working in a, um, a nursery, and then the guy got to know who the church In town or in the country? Uh, in yeah. yeah. So that was really interesting. And um, did that for a while. Um, you went to live, to live with family, no? They just bought a house in Durrelling, so that was kind of like we call it transition house. Transition house. Transition house now, but back then we just bought a halfway house. Yeah. And Malcolm um, and the board bought it, and I was actually the first person there, so that was, that was pretty neat. And I was going along to the church, and yeah, I just couldn't fit in. Yeah, I didn't fit in. Did you go to the building there to do that? I did, but I couldn't fit in. I tried John Laurie. Yeah, I remember John. And Keith Ainge. Yeah. Keith Ainge was the pastor that I was there. Um, but I never really fitted in. Um, I always seemed to be the weirdo, the oddball. No one could quite know what to do with me. So where did you meet your uh, wife, your first wife? Uh, High Park Day, actually. So I spent most of my early 20s into my 30s just being part of AOG churches. So, yeah. so where did you get married? High Park AOG. Oh, you got married there? Yeah. Were you involved in ministry at all? No, but not long after that, um, after I got married, uh, my wife at the time, um, she went to work and she said, well, you know, went to college, so I was going to school in. And oh, at that point in time, I was going to try to get a little more discount to support myself. Yeah. And share my child. And um, the Bible college. The itself, child was not yours? Was no, it was hers. Yeah. So it was like an instant family. Yeah. yeah. And the Bible college? Was here. Well, it yeah. wasn't your child. Yeah, then, El Shaddai. But El Shaddai, yeah. yeah. So. That's why it was very surreal for me the other day when Jade invited me to come and meet you. So you know it's my friend? I do. Yeah. And Rain. I never really got to know Chris that well, but yeah, I got to know John a little bit. Wow. Yeah, we had for lunch one day. And yeah, so like for me, it was it was so surreal because the last time I was ever in this building, my ex-wife at the time um, humiliated me. She drove me to the building, drove me to the car park in front of the dean, everybody. Grabbed all my stuff and said, You want to be here so badly? 
and do it on your own. I'll literally had all my suitcase all. That's why I never come back. Never come back. Never came back here. I was just so ashamed. <coughs> right. So that time, that time when I first met, that is literally the first time in 31 years I've ever stepped foot on this property or back in that building again. So right. that's why it was such a powerful moment for me when I said to you, did this building you stuck at this house like old college? So yeah, that was a pretty special moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I just had the most amazing time as you read on Facebook with my post with the Lord and just what he spoke to me and what he said to me and what he showed me. All, he, all I heard was I restore all things in my time. Because I really wanted to be a ministry and I wanted to be a pastor. So you were married to her and then she left and that marriage oh, No, the marriage was on and off for 12 years. It was very troublesome. It was very hard. No children? We ended up having children. Yeah, when I was um, 27, 26, yeah, 27. Had my, had my little girl. What's her name? Sheree. And uh, I would say a few years later in Espence, I lived in Espence, had my little boy. His name's Nathan. He's got autism. And I actually. So Some people to Espence. I went to Espence, yeah, because at that point in time, I still struggled with a lot of ways in my marriage. Um, and Daniel, I was really did. I really struggled a lot with depression, anxiety. I used to take medications for it. Um, I, I battled with a lot of stuff. Yeah, I got very way too soon, way too early. Um, really, yeah, it was just too soon. I wasn't ready for it. But, yeah. but God had a plan for you. Oh, most definitely, He had a plan for me. Um, after 12 years of um, being in a very destructive relationship, marriage, I, I made the painful decision that I needed to, to end that marriage. I was living with my mother in 2002 and I was backslidden. And I just remember crying out to Jesus, you know, if you're real. You know, I'll come back to you, and, but I don't know who you are. Who are you? You know, I want to know who the real Jesus is. <laughs> yeah. And all I heard was a voice say, "If you want to know who I am, read my word." So I did, and then I rang up the local pastor. I just said, "Look, I'm a backslidden Christian. I want to follow the Lord. Can I come to your church, please?" <laughs> he reminded me of that afterwards. <coughs> and um, a little while after that, I met Sharon, and we got to know each other. And uh, yeah, it just sort of evolved from there, really. Um, that was in 2003, we met each other, but we were just really good friends for six months, nothing else. And then we, we fell in love and then we got married. Sharon had been married before, so she had adult sons. Yeah. And she was worried about me meeting, but they had seen our friendship grow and blossom, so they were like, you know, why did you wait so long to tell us? And so that was really good, that was pretty special. And I've been like a copy to their kids for you know, 18 years now, so that was pretty good. And uh, yeah, the Lord's really restored my relationship with my son. Um, that, that, that was pretty hard going for a while. Who, uh, your son stayed with your former wife? Not initially, yes. And she couldn't cope with him anymore because he's got a lot of high demand needs and because of his issues. And so we actually had um, child protection come to us back in 2010 to ask us if we could consider taking him on. And it took a number of years for us to go through all the assessments and uh that was a lot of that was a lot to go through and he can't live with us and it was pretty chaotic for a while because he had a lot of issues a lot of problems and he can't live with us and didn't she want to let him go or no. she did, didn't she want to let him go no she didn't and she ended up moving over here with my daughter and they were already here and so my son um he came over here because i you know wanted to take him on and it was hard it was really hard and we didn't get a lot of support at first initially. But, you know, to the school's credit, and, uh, you know, 
we got him plugged into the system over there pretty well. So that's good. And uh, yeah. where is he now? Lives in Dublin. On his own? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he does Oh yes, good. Yeah, he doesn't cope well with being independent, but yeah, he's been in and out, in and out of uh, jail. He's been in and out of legal problems. He's he really should be left on his own, um, but unfortunately, yeah, the people that you talk to that don't that make those decisions about it don't always listen. It's hard for him to That's fine. Absolutely. But, you know, he he uh, he loves his footy and uh, he's a man bombers supporter. I feel like I let him down as a dad because I'm a mad eagle supporter, so I don't know what I went on there. But no, nah, he's a good kid and he's just got some troubles with balance. You know, um, he had <coughs> brain injury when he was born and cord was wrapped around his neck twice. So he has yeah, a pretty rough start to life, really. Um, but yeah, I, I still have faith, I still believe. And he, he loves he loves the Lord and uh, one day I even got to interview him and he, he calls God my old friend. <laughs> so that, I like that. Um, I interviewed the Lord quick interview with him one day so that well, was pretty special. So yeah, yeah. So, I like being a dad. Uh, I like being a poppy too. Um, family means everything to me. So, so what happened in 2015? You were working? Yeah, um, I was actually working in a um, mental health facility. Um, I was actually working in the IT department. It's really well known too. So that's that's what your skills, your brushing up on the yeah. skills IT. Yeah, well that's actually one of the qualifications that I've actually got on. Yeah. Um, but I just started... More software or both? Both, both, yeah. Initially I, I just started off just volunteering at the church because I was really passionate about it and just started offering help to family, friends for free. Yeah. And because I was really passionate and really determined, I then had to build a computer. And then eventually I got, I couldn't get a job in Mandra because it's always been pretty hard. So I started my own little computer business, my wife Sharon at the time, and just started going from there. And it just grew, the skills just sort of grew. And I just, I was amazed at how quickly they came. It was like I was designed for it, built yeah. for it, because I, yeah, even the guy that taught me how to do it, he says, I've never seen anyone pick up this so fast in six months. Yeah. And I just blew it out because it's my destiny, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look back now, obviously, you know, it was, but. Yeah, and I just I've learned I've worked in corporate world, I've worked at Alcoa, I've worked yeah. at um, uh, West Farmers, I've worked at a number of different corporations. Um, recently, I'm you know supporting Horizon Power, which is like the equivalent of Western Power. So yes, that's been interesting doing application support. But back in 2015, I was working for a mental health organisation. First time I ever done mental health. Before then, it was all mining and resources. Yeah. And this particular um, time, my boss, Kevin Lind, who I'm still contact with even now, yes. yeah, always acts as a referee, never hesitates. He said to me, Chris, he said, Chris, I've got a job for you to do, mate. I went, <laughs> what is it? He says, oh, can you meet with this lady? She's from Parker's, um, not Parker's Recovery. I'll get, get it in a second. Just meet with her, find out what the project brief is, just let her yeah. report back to me, please. I'm like, yeah. no problem, all good. And at the time, you know, it was really stressful and really hard job, but I really liked my boss. And it makes a big difference when you like the people that you work with. So I went into this room, had a meeting, sat down with her, how can I help you, what can I, and within about five minutes, I just stopped. And she went, what's wrong? I said, you're a Christian, aren't you? She said, yes, how do you know that? I said, the Holy Spirit just told me, wow. I said, more than that, I said, I've got something I want to say to you. I believe I have a word for you, and I believe I have a word for your people. And she says, brother, please go ahead. And I just said to her, um, the Lord would say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their ways, I will hear them. 
they'll forgive them and heal their land. And this was in 2016. I said, I want you to know the Lord's just literally showed me from his own heart what still people have gone through and he's going to do something about it. Yeah. And I just I just kept going and then I said, can we pray? And then we prayed and I held hands and as I held hands, I had this vision of Australia and God was literally showing me what he was going to do yeah. to heal this land. And I'll share this with Jodie Hampton and she said it's accurate. All the areas that the Lord showed me where I saw these poles, these demonic entities attached to these poles were all the massacre sites. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that. And it wasn't until like two years later, I was um, a little while, quite a while later, yeah, that I found that out. But prior to that, in 2016, within three months, all hell broke loose in my life. My son had a lot of hassles and issues he was dealing with. Um, we found out some things were happening that the, you know, the person that was caring for him was doing, was doing a pretty not good job. And I had to help him, and I was fed out of work, and there was so much going on. And I was just like battling against depression and anxiety again. And I didn't know what was going on. And my wife actually watched me just start to shut down and just start to just literally just disappear to myself. And I got to the point where the people that I was working for, management was sort of changing things up. So they sacked my boss, they sacked a lot of people, a lot of Christians that I was working with. Yeah. And I thought, sooner or later they're going to come for me, and they did. And that was really hard to work through, to work through for me. So I literally got to a point where I had a complete mental breakdown and I couldn't go, I could not go. And because I'm kind of a stubborn person, because I was the only breadwinner at the time, yeah. I was determined to hang on to this job and not let this particular woman who was the manager that was pushing all my mates out, push me out. And it got worse and worse and worse until eventually I, my mind just completely snapped. And um, I then became very depressed and quite suicidal. And my wife, to her amazing credit, just wouldn't leave me, refused to leave me, refused to just, oh, I bet you one day I went, well, you just leave me, Sharon, I can't stand what this is doing to me, and I know it's affecting you. And she, my wife turned around and she said something I'm never going to forget. She said, well, what should we do with getting another victory? Mm-hmm. And I just went, oh, why well, I can I argue with that? And I still, never, still, I still never got better, and I became quite suicidal, and I wanted to check out, I've had enough. This, over the years, everything I've been through, all the heartache, all the struggles, all the pain, I just didn't want to be here anymore. And it got to the point where I stopped eating and I couldn't eat. And I remember one particular day, I, I literally had no energy left, I was lying in bed. And I just said, I want out. I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And uh, because I've been involved in the occult, I just said, you can take me if you want. And uh, I really felt like I was slipping. And then all of a sudden, the whole room just started to become illuminated and I didn't know what was going on. There's the white dots appeared and suddenly I literally saw the face of Jesus Christ staring me right out in my face. And he had eyes that were like flames of fire, just like John describes in Revelation. And he turned around and he says, you're going nowhere. I just got a job for you to do. And I just went, okay. And then he disappeared and then Sharon came in and says, do you want to go to the hospital bag? I went, yes. And then from there I just battled through, I ended up in a psych ward for three weeks. I came out of that psych ward and I was on medications. And I still remember my psychiatrist said to me at the time, Chris, when the human mind snaps, it never comes back again. Something in me just went, I'm not going to accept that. Yeah. I'm not accepting that. And then after I got out of um, hospital, 
I just could not function. I couldn't do anything. And I'm, I went from a man who was really highly skilled in IT, so I didn't even know how to use a mouse anymore. That's how bad I was. And I got to the point where I got so frustrated because there was nothing to watch. <laughs> I forced myself to start you know, downloading TV shows and anything I could just to watch stuff and that built my confidence up. But the turning point was I was listening to some amazing worship um, by Kim Clement's team called it then and I still remember the guy who was playing the drums just stopped all of a sudden and this wasn't even live was looking down the camera and he said I don't know who this is for but whoever this is for I want you to know that your future is now and there was something when we heard those words and just went I'm not letting that go I'm not going to let that go even though I was still not in a good place you know? I just thought I, I, I don't need any depressions I don't need any psychosis Colleagues, Lord, if you're there, can you please help me? I know you're real, I know you've shown me you're real. What do I do? I don't know what to do. Can you please help me? And I heard a voice say, read the story of Elijah. Mm-hmm. So I did. And I read it, and I went, Lord, I don't know why you, why you asked me to read this, there's nothing there, you have to read it again. I went, well, this time I'm going to do something smart, I'm going to read it slower, I'm going to pray the whole time. And as I got to the point in the cave, it just jumped right out of me. The Lord literally revealed himself in this still, small voice. And the other thing that I was discovered was the Lord wasn't angry with Elijah. He wasn't upset with him. He wasn't disappointed. He wasn't let down. He just wanted to remind Elijah of who he was. Mm. And he wanted to remind Elijah of who God is. Yeah. And so that's kind of what the journey started from. And not long after that, I actually had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And he says, I'm going to lead you out of this trauma, step by step, little by little. Yeah. Bit by bit. And instantly, because you know, I'm not pretty good with scripture, I knew what the Lord was showing me. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Do what I tell you to do, and I'll lead you out of this trauma. Yeah. And he did. And little by little, step by step, within six months, I had a job. I was back in the workforce. And I was, yeah, and from there, I, yeah, a little while after that, actually, unfortunately, I got bullied. Ended up losing that job. And that's when I started going to a church called Miracle Point. Yeah. That's it, and that's when I met Rachel Tan. And the way the Lord got me back in the church was amazing because I, I didn't want to get back to church again. I was done with church. I was like, nah, don't want to church again. And Sharon was a believer? Yeah, yeah, by that point, yeah. Well, actually, when I met Sharon and we fell in love, Sharon was a believer, you know. And uh, where did you meet? Well, we, we met online. Oh, we met on an online chat room. What were you doing there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, and we got to know each other for a while, and then when we, we fell in love, and I turned around to the Lord and I said, You know what, Lord? I really like this guy. Can you help me out and get us saved? That's how I prayed. And uh, a little while later, my friend led Sharon to the Lord with me, and then we got married. So, yeah, it's just it's just been an incredible journey. Um, when I started going to Miracle Point, I've never been in an environment where they just embraced me. Yeah. I embrace my gift, yeah. my, my visions, my words, everything. And uh, we was such a loving, incredible community where we were, everyone we were just encouraged and loved on. And it was an amazing experience for me. And um, a little while after I started going, I was, I was being asked to do communion. I've never done that before. And then not long after that, I was asked if I would be willing to come on and share my testimony on radio, CBA World Radio. A little while after that, my friend Val said, you want to come on the team? And then I did that, and we were doing radio together every week, and I'd have to prepare a word, a little yeah. sermonette, 
Yeah, and I, I haven't preached or done anything like that since I was here, since I was at the Bible College. Here. So that was pretty cool. And so then a little while after that, we started helping out with a church plant on a Friday night. Yes. And then we helped out with another church plant down south. And then also at one stage there, we were helping out with that. And, you know, I just grew and grew. But I, something about media, I just thought, you know what? Yeah, I just, I just really wanted to keep going with media. You know, the natural inclination was that. Yeah, everyone kept telling me that, um, you know, you've got a voice for radio. Yeah. People said I've got a good face for radio. I, like, <laughs> um, I knew that. I knew that they. I just couldn't hear it. I couldn't see it. There was yeah. a time there where I didn't even like listening to my own voice. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, I could see the Lord's um, craftsmanship. You know? Yes. And so when I hear myself speak, I just think back to those days at Miracle Point where I was too scared to even hold a microphone. Yeah. And the leaders blessed their hearts. They were like, "Chris, you've got something," and they would keep encouraging me. Encouraging me. If I wouldn't go out the front, I'd go, no worries, next week. And they just wouldn't give up on me. So that was pretty special. So, yeah, I, I would do radio with uh, Mel every week. I was on the communion roster. I was just really growing and just enjoying. But, you know, I had some difficulties to overcome. And, you know, um, you know like, there were times when, you know, they'd, they'd give me a few hard truths if I needed it. And that wasn't easy. And there were times when I wanted to run. And I thought, no, if I run, I'm just going to come across this again. Yeah. So, you know. And Rachel Tan was, was, was like a father to me. He's a great man. Still is. We just celebrated the four years of marriage. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on Facebook. Congratulations. So, yeah. yeah they, they were amazing. And, I've been on their property. We, we held some advances and uh, teachings there. And really beautiful people in there. Amazing yeah. library back there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Rachel loved, loved that guitar. Yeah. He loves to worship with you. Me and him, we just had this really yeah. special connection. Yeah. Because we really believe church should be organic. Yes. There needs to be an organic nation to it. And that's what drew me to him. I mean, when I first met him, he come, asked me to come over and meet his wife, and I thought, why, why? We're only meant to be there for 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. We are there for three hours because we were talking about organic church and you know, coming back to the foundation, yeah. coming back to the church, the early church. Yeah. And it just grew from there. And yeah, they always believed in me. They always believed in me. And um, I ended up getting a really good job. That was a nice, that was a story. Again. <laughs> oh, this was the best job I ever had actually. And I ended up becoming friends with the lady that hired me. She, we still know her to this day. So um, yeah, that was in 20, 2017. And in 2018, that's when my relationship with the Lord just really started to grow. And that's where I started to have some amazing revelations, encounters, yeah. visions, yeah. and I was documenting it all. That's right, I said, make sure you write it down. So that was pretty good. So, yeah, that's when it all started to grow. And back in 2019, um, I was praying and worshiping the Lord, and I had an amazing, amazing revelation encounter. And the Lord said, I want you to start a podcast and help me find their voice. Yeah. And I just started crying. I, I, the whole room disappeared. All it was just white. And I just started crying. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Within a month, all hell broke loose. Everything just started going wrong. Things started happening in my life. Oh, yeah. And the people at the job that I had, I got on really well with the CEO, I got on really well with the HR, they all turned against me. <laughs> and the whole thing, I just, I, and I've actually even spoken on this once. The problem can position you for the promise. And I spoke on Joseph when I said that, because I've seen God literally look, move in my life where I'm thought, oh, this is all negative, this is terrible. Uh-huh. It's you being positioned, it's you being moved into position. Because what birthed from that, and, and Rachel and, and B at the time, could see that was we started a home group, yeah, and we went from there. And uh, 
year after that we started Authentic Voices. But for me, it comes from a personal journey, you know. Um, I have a real heart for men. And one of the biggest problems in society past the past year is fatherlessness, you know. And I relate to that too, because, you know, even though my father was physically there, he wasn't really there. <coughs> and so, and I think that's one thing that, that men need to find, is who they really are. Because yeah. from that will come the authentic voice. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm sure there's many authentic voices. How many episodes have you got? Oh, probably close to about 100 now. I've done quite Amazing. a lot. Done all the interviews, done all the teachings. In fact, the very first, I started off doing audio podcasting. Yes. The very first message I ever gave was called The Elijah Blueprint. Yes. And it's all about identity and about how that is probably the core key issue in this day and age. Yeah. And then the next one I spoke about is called um, The Two Prodigals. Mm-hmm. Because in the story of the prodigal son, everyone focuses on the lost son. Yeah. But if you think about it, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees. Yes. And the eldest son was, was the, the one he was highlighting. Symbolising them. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I spoke on that. And uh, the last one I did, because I did a three-part series, was Become as Little Children. Yeah. The core of who you are. And what it would show me was that was all about embracing who you really are. Yeah. And who you are as a child in the Lord's eyes, because you're a child, is who you are. So, yeah. so that was the first three that I did. And then we were doing our, it all seemed to just seem to happen a lot at the same time. We started the home group, we were doing the um, the teachings and the podcasts and it just kept growing. What's so next for you? Video, please. What's next for you? For me, what's next for me? Um, what's next for me is I'm going to continue to do the media. I'm going to continue to do the podcast. I've recently, recently reconnected with Rachel and uh-huh. B, and I'm just I'm loving it. Just like just, and I just I guess the thing you can say is I've realised just how important it is to be a part of the body of Christ and not a body part. That's right. That's I can't take credit for it. Glenn Beatty said it, uh-huh. and I thought I'm going to. Oh, you know Glenn Beatty. I only a little bit, and only because we've spoken to each other. He, he taught at our school. Did he? Yeah. yeah. He's gone back to the Yeah, he's coming over here in September. He told me a while ago. It was at Ignite. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I lost him. Well, he's actually doing um, like a platform thing similar to what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see him online. Yes. Yeah. What, what my vision been, and because I wanted to have 24 7 radio TV, and the vision was that eventually other churches, other ministries, would have their own thing, but there would be like a collective thing, you know, yeah. where we could combine together. But um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's been a long hard road, yeah. and uh, whenever you pioneer anything, as you would know, past them, yeah, it's hard going. And uh, for me, yeah, we we've had to reset a little bit because yeah. it's just Sharon and I doing it now. But that's what the Lord showed us in August last year because we were going to want it up. The Lord said, "I've called you to to do this." So we're going to continue to do that. Yeah. And uh, like I said, we're reconnected with um, Ripple Point. Never not connected with yeah. We just really want to be part of their fellowship now. And just like I said, just continue to do the teachings and do interviews and just you know, just see where it goes from there. But I, I mean, obviously, I'm really excited about what the Lord's doing yeah. in my it life. It's a beautiful place and there's a lot happening down there. Oh. Uh, I know Lance Walnut, uh, Lance Walnut, I know Lance Walnut as well, yeah, yeah. Lance Walnut as well, uh, you know Lance, yeah. he's yeah. a good friend of mine and uh, we're actually building a holiday house in Falcon, 
Oh, really? So we'll be spending quite a bit of time oh, on awesome. <laughs> from Angela, so we'll collect a bit more. Do you know Len Harris? Yeah, I know Len. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's, he's been in uh, teammates for a long time. Yeah, he helped me write a grant once, we didn't get it, but... Oh, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, he wrote a book at the moment, he wants to publish. My sister's story, yeah. He's published it. He's published it? And he's got, he's got books in. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah he, he and I'll go back away. He was the reason why I got back in church. He was the wow. reason why I got committed. He's a beautiful man, and so is his wife. Yeah, Are they still there on that major road? Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Eventually they'll get kicked out because main roads, main roads will demolish that. Well, we thought that was going to happen when um, they were going to build the train station, but because of where they're going to build it, they got a bit longer. So ah, good. I'm not sure what's going to happen. So let me ask you this question just before we wrap it up. Yeah. Who has had the most influence in their life as a person? Rainfall. Without a doubt, um, but overall, who's this way? Rainfall. Yeah, it, 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 it just because he's been like he's been an apostolic father to me. Yeah. So the pastor at all time. Yeah, you call him Rainfall. Rainfall, yeah. Not Raphael. No, it's the house of Raphael. Okay, his name is Rainfall, but he told me that yesterday. Okay, because okay. I made the mistake of calling him Raphael. It always um, called him Raphael. I didn't too, but no. He, broke, he actually broke it down for us once, I remember. It's right, right, fell. He's got a beautiful heart. Yeah, we love him. him I love him. his dining room, which is like a yeah. massive table. Yeah, you sit down, down and yeah, Absolutely. It's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're actually going back into the <coughs> church for a little while. Yeah. They may go back into the building, they're just not sure he told me. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're a great couple. Probably Lynn Harris too, because I've known Lynn since 2002. And Actually, he was the master. I think I'm going to get them both at Kingdom Stories. I want to get that. Oh, you've got to get Lynn. And Lynn as well. Yeah, yeah Lynn's good. Man. So, yeah. yeah, and the other thing that's next for me is um, I just really want to see what the Lord wants you know, to do because, I mean, Jeremy Hampton, that was an incredible thing what yeah. the Lord did there. Because I've known Jeremy for a little while, but not closely. Yes. And she just, she rang up my friends, mutual friends, and said, oh, I want you to invite them to my birthday party. I didn't even barely know her. Yeah. When I asked her why, she said, the Holy Spirit told me to do it. And, and then she asked them for my number. Yes. And then we rang, she rang, she rang me. And it's just kind of gone from there. You know, we did her interview before she did yours. Okay. And it, it's the only interview out of 80 or 90 interviews that we've done so far that did not record. For some reason, oh, wow. the data just did not record on the on the, really? on the hardware, wow. which is incredible. We haven't had that. That's really interesting. And, but the interview wasn't fantastic. It was quite flat. She was she was spiritually attacked before. Wow. And uh, we've, it was, I think, her second or third attempt. She, I mean, she used to come here to do the interview and then she would just leave. And we just, we just couldn't get her on. And then when we did, it didn't work. Yeah. And then she did your interview and something unlocked in her during that interview. Really? And a few days later she came here. Praise God. It was just amazing. We felt oh, that's that we have awesome. So well, that's a know, story in itself because um, so spiritual. Yeah. Well with the first interview didn't happen. Yeah. Because she had a big issue with her daughter. And I prayed about it the next day and I said, the Lord, why did that not happen? He said, because there's some things that I want you guys to cover. Yeah. So the Lord said to me, I want you to put that in, that, that bit where you went to the massacre site. Because, yes. yeah, I'm all right, Lord. And he said, I want you to ask her this question. And I went, all right, what does reconciliation mean to you? And I, I went, all right. So I, when I posted that question to her, and her response was to be reconciled to the Father, I knew 
one of them, I nearly broke down in tears because it was just so powerful. I couldn't even speak for about two seconds, three seconds. Because I'm just like, how wonderful is that? To hear an Aboriginal person, woman, who, you know, she's been through a lot of stuff, her family's been through a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, to say that on camera was so powerful for me. And even the fact, even the the whole way it all came about, because that particular massive site, I was there when it got renamed. Because it used to be known as the Battleground site. Yeah. And then when they renamed it, they had the police commission and they had a whole bunch of dignitaries and they yeah. had a lot of Aboriginal elders in, and some of them, quite a few of them were Christian. Yeah. And I'll never forget, a lot of them said, may this be the beginning of the story of healing. And that really impacted on me. So for me to be standing there with Jody, it was very prophetic. And no, I didn't script that. I didn't plan that. That just came We were just trying to support it. I believe that the Lord has given the church the the reconciliation, not of the world, not of the future. Absolutely. You should start with us because we are sons of the same Father. Yeah. And when we are reconciled to the Father, we are reconciled to one another. Um, on Saturday, we went to Ballingup and you had half of the journey and then you had to go back because Sharon wasn't feeling well. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, Johnny and I had a reconciliation moment at the cross. Uh-huh. We, um, we put the blood on the cross as well, we spilled. And we prayed a prayer of reconciliation, and I repented for the way I treated the Aboriginal people and the Indigenous people and the issues that I've had with racism and many other aspects. I repented on behalf of my people as well, and uh, she did the same. And at the cross in Palinda, we had a moment, and I believe God is bringing the um, white man with the black man. Yes. Uh, under the cover of the blood of Jesus to reconcile, that's how the land will be healed. The land is healed when the white man and the black man come together with the Father. Well, for me, it's all about one man, and that's something else the Lord really impacted into my life. And as I spoke to him when I first met him, the Lord literally introduced himself to me as Yeshua two years ago, and that's when I began to learn about uh, the feasts, Passover and um, I became friends, we became friends with a Messianic um, Jewish woman. Um, and that was an interesting journey just in itself. And that's something that else she, Jody and I connected over because she said to me, when you come to the massive side, make sure you bring your tunic with you because that was gifted to me by a Jewish woman. Yeah. So, yeah, so for me, you know, it's all about the blood of Jesus. Yes. Everything is interlinked. Yeah. And it's all about being one new man. And that's something that I've preached about, talked about, taught. Um, passionate about, we are all one new man in Christ. Hey, considering we've only met you know, a couple of weeks ago, we've got so much in common. Yeah. <laughs> well, to me, absolutely. That's just Thank going. you so much for coming on the oh, show and sharing your heart, man. Really yeah. <coughs> what an amazing story, eh? Um, sometimes I love these uh, interviews that we have with people when I don't know too much about them because it's a discovery session. And uh, I am just as enthused as you are. If I knew so much about Chris, Maybe the interview wouldn't have been that exciting, especially for me. It wouldn't be for you to hear it the first time, but probably for me, you know, I would have heard it before. But I love this, you know, mystery, you know, getting to know people together with you, the audience. And I just thank you for being with us and watching this and uh, just allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you. And uh, because the title of uh, Chris's podcast is Authentic Voices, I invite you to go online, go on YouTube, Spotify, and listen to these podcasts or watch these interviews and these teachings. And uh, be reminded also that you also have an authentic voice. 
and everybody's waiting for that voice to speak out. The whole world is waiting for you. Be authentic, speak it out, and you will glorify God. See you next time at Kingdom Stories. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.